Hello, everyone. Welcome to Flow Radio. Uh, today we have a special uh, brotherly love edition of Flow Radio. Uh, joining me today is our glorious leader, Andrew. Hello, Andrew. And his brother, Tim. Tim's back. And uh, we got Jeremy. Hello, Jeremy. I'm Ian. I never introduced myself. Uh, we we're just doing a little you know late night session here, and so we got we were able to steal some of Andrew's time and bring him in, pick his brain. Um, introduce yourself. Hey guys, I'm Andrew. I'm the CEO of Flow and Metalab as well, and a bunch of other companies. What do you want to know about me? Um, I think. Well, I, do we do we talk origin origin I, style? Like, I think we should start with his repressed memories. That's right. Let's go really work, far back. Ooh, back yeah, there. you guys could hypnotize me. Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, that would not be unusual for the podcast. Usually, we go through the hypnosis thing before we start recording. Right? Yeah. I think everyone wants to know the origins, though. Mm-hmm. That's, well, that's what they're... I mean, you guys already all thing, know Do you it. get sick of story, telling that story about, like, do, like, do you... I think Metalab is is interesting in that we weren't funded. No. Mm-hmm. So, well, it's so kind I of think, an accident. Um, I mean, I've gotten better at telling the story. I've kind of got a default story that I always tell and it's probably like 50% correct because I kind of build it up in my head or something yeah. Paul um, Bunyan's in it I can now. I can tell you the whole the whole thing yeah yeah I mean yeah, sure like I, I think it's interesting for people that are, are followers of metal people probably listening to this would be interested to know kind of how we got here yeah so um, like when I was like 15 well when we were 15 mm. Tim uh, twins, well, Tim, <laughs> that's right, we're actually identical <laughs> twins. Uh, we, our dad, uh, his company merged with one over in Victoria. And at the time we were living in Vancouver. And I don't know if you guys know anything about Vancouver, Victoria, but Vancouver is kind of a big city. Victoria is like a little backwater. It's a, it's 300,000 people. So it's not that small, but, uh, our dad told us we we're moving here and we were just miserable about it. We didn't want to move at all. And so, uh, we moved to Victoria and I just locked myself in my room. I had no no friends, didn't really know anyone. And I spent a lot of time on my computer just kind of like learning how to make websites and screwing around with that. And through that, I ended up meeting this, uh, this guy from Hawaii and we started a tech website. Uh, so it was kind of like a news blog back before you'd call it a blog uh, called Mac Teens. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, it was basically a bunch of teenage dorks like us writing about Apple stuff. And we started posting like reviews and I, it was like magic. So I would email like Logitech and I would say, hey, I represent this tech blog and we would love to review your new uh, speaker set or whatever. And it would just show up in the mail. And then <laughs> I have all these free products. So I was getting like Damn. headphones and speakers and iPods and stuff. So I thought that was pretty good. And then we started posting reviews and stuff and they actually got a lot of traffic. And so, uh, you know, we were getting like a couple, couple hundred thousand views every month. And so it kind of turned into this little mini business where we weren't really making any money, but we were selling advertising to kind of cover our costs. Um, I got to go to Macworld and I got to meet oh, Steve Jobs and like do all this really cool oh, yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah, infamous picture. Of yeah. Uh, yeah embarrass right. yourself horribly so in front of him. When the new, <laughs> so Apple used to only have 15-inch MacBook Pros and they released the 12-inch and the 17-inch. And so I rushed up to Steve Jobs after and I walk up to him and I say, Steve, are you a 12-inch man or a 17-inch man <laughs> without <laughs> thinking? And then he got all awkward and I didn't really know why because I was just asking him which laptop he had. You were still going through puberty. 
yourself. And I, and I might, you know, too. my voice was probably cracking and I had acne all over my face. But anyway, <laughs> so I had this really cool experience when I was in high school. And uh, when I graduated, my dad kind of said, well, you've got to go to university. What are you going to do? And I thought, okay, well, what's the closest to what I've been doing? And it was journalism. Mm -hmm. So I went to journalism school in Toronto and it was totally different from what I was doing. I mean, I was just kind of, I was almost like managing a business and managing a team and doing whatever I wanted. And then I went to journalism school and everything was like hard news and like, how do you have no opinion and basically only write the facts and yeah. not my style at all. So I ended up dropping out of that a couple months later. And I moved back. I'd already I'd given away the website. Like some other kids had taken it over. <laughs> some and other teens. So, some Hopefully other it was dorks. teens on that. And uh, he yeah. wasn't allowed to to run it anymore because he turned twenty. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's true. Right. You're out. Yeah. I was out. And so give you a wedgie. I didn't really know what to do. And so I ended up just like working a Joe job. Like I got a job in a cafe and I was a barista and I was kind of into it. Like I actually really liked making coffee and talking to people and stuff. Um but after a while, that got really old, and uh, I decided, okay, I'm going to get back into tech stuff, and updated myself, started learning HTML and CSS, uh, and I worked, I got a job doing data entry, so just like miserable, like I, mm. there was like a local grocery store, had an online, uh, like a coupon book, the catalog, was catalog it? or yeah, whatever, and I, I had special. to, I literally every week would spend like 16 hours just mm. going through the catalog and punching manually in codes codes prices and all this stuff like that and so you still do that on the side still do that yeah, you know for a little like, pocket money yeah. <laughs> um but anyway so i did that for like three months and uh my boss sat me down and he was like look like you're kind of blowing it you're not accurate you're entering data wrong and you know you've kind of got a bad attitude because honestly i did like i was a terrible employee and so i said uh he, he said you know straighten up or fly right and i said well I'm gone. Like, I just can't do this anymore. So I walked out of there feeling like a million bucks. And then I realized I had like $200 in my bank account and my rent was due in two weeks. And I kind of went into a panic and I knew that it would take me like a month or two to get a new job. And so I threw together a website um, and figured I would freelance. And I thought, okay, so if I, if I'm just Andrew Wilkinson, maybe I can charge like 15 bucks an hour. But if I pretend to be a company, maybe I can charge like 30. And so <laughs> I, I come up with the name Metal Lab, uh, and I start throwing up all this shitty work that I'd done. Yeah. And, uh, at the time, like there was suddenly this like huge, like startups were a thing again in like 2000, Six, 2006, yeah. 2007. So there's all these startups out there and they all needed design help. And so I just started emailing startups and uh, I managed to convince this guy. I thought this was like my biggest coup. I convinced this guy to pay me $30 an hour to do design work for him, <laughs> which is like laughable now. Yeah, but at the right. time, this was like victory. This is amazing. Yeah. And so uh, I got a couple contracts with uh, one company in San Francisco and another in New York. And then I was kind of off to the races and uh, within a month, I'd brought on like a contractor to help me with uh, like JavaScript and stuff. Mm. And the rest is kind of history. We talked to Mark even, and he said it was like employee number one when you were well, on Mark, vacation. Well, that was actually not true. I wanted oh, to actually really? correct Whoa, that. Oh, no. Luke no. was actually employee number one. So oh, Mark yeah. claimed that falsely. So Mark's oh. a liar. So, yeah. And he's. You're yeah. deal so now he's employee none. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He's employee number zero. Yeah. Um, Mark was very early, though. Yeah, right. Right. And I guess that was kind of like, you're just trying to figure it out. So you're like, oh. hey, I know you. You so, could probably do some 
Wayne. Okay, so here's the picture. So I go to Andrew's like office, and I'm making air quotes. Tim just did quotes, yeah. And mm. uh, I walk in, and there's the standard IKEA gallant tables. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, it's one of those uh, two level lofts. Mm-hmm. Our younger brother, who <laughs> oh, at yeah. the time like 14. he's like 14, and downright just, pubescent, and just, just a little little rat boy, yeah. a little cream puff, <laughs> a little. Cream. <laughs> he said he was like coming in and doing work at like after school. Yeah, he was. He would I'm take like, the no, no, sorry. He would take the bus after doing summer school because mm-hmm. he failed math. <laughs> and he didn't really like school. <laughs> and then there's Andrew and 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 uh, and Luke just kind of like hanging out, playing music in the office. They have like a, a Brita water filter that they're kind of proud of. And oh yeah, there's a it's whiteboard awesome. that we, they we never they, wrote on. They put stuff on so it looked like there was actually things going. I think that was Dad's idea. Yeah. That if clients came to visit, yeah. but I remember just <laughs> like visiting a these sparkling guys. clean whiteboard. Yeah. Like, what are you guys I remember doing visiting here? these guys and being like, "Oh, that they've actually this is like this is kind of kind okay. of legit." Yeah. Even though in retrospect, it's the least legit business operation <laughs> I've ever yeah. thought of. Yeah, like when you're a 15 year old, it seems really legit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, th- the fact that uh, they're off, they had their own office, even though it was just a, yeah. like, a six month rental or something. <laughs> I, I think I met you at like, uh, Andrew, I think I met you at like a, or I remember like a vividly a new year's Eve party at Aaron Burgunder's house. Mm. And, but, yeah. but even then I was like, I think the first thing that kind of put metal lab on the radar for me was the Zappos email. Well, yeah, that was kind of my strategy for growing. Like, so originally I just worked with these tiny little startups, like doing really, really small projects. And at the time we kind of like, we got a reputation for doing really good design, but it was a lot of, um, a lot of like glossy stuff, right? Like that was the thing back then. If you could make a button that looked like it had like, like moisture dripping off it <laughs> and like five different lens flares. Yeah. Like pin, then it, pinstripes yeah, all down. That, there, and like. pinstripes and stuff. That was like a seriously cool thing, right? And so the I was bar was by that, yeah. the bar was set pretty low. Um, but that's how I kind of got my start is doing that glossy style. We refined it a little bit and got known for it. But um, my my way of growing the business was actually to find people who were really successful and going to them and saying, hey, can I help you with something? So, for instance, I helped mm. uh, Ricky Van Veen, the, co- the CEO of College Humor, and I said, hey, your Tumblr could really use a redesign. How about I help you out? Did it for free. And then because I did that, I was always in the back of his head. So right. he would be like, oh, you know, whoever crazy CEO I just met, right. you should talk to this kid. He'll help you out. Oh, yeah. And through that, I kind of started building a network. And then the other thing I would do is do these, like, uh, unsanctioned redesigns. So like Facebook did a redesign uh, and I ended up saying, you know, I think this could be a lot better and I posted my redesign or I did that with Zappos. And mm-hmm. through that, yeah. I never got work directly. Like Facebook actually reached out to me. They tried to hire me actually. Uh, and I met a lot of really cool people through it who I'm still friends with, but no, they never hired me to do services. Uh, and then with Zappos, same thing. Like I never got a direct response from Zappos. Yeah. But a lot of other companies saw that and thought it was cool. Uh, and as a result, people know, like still today, people are like, oh, you did the Zappos thing. or You redesigned Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. You did. Yeah. A, you did like when Facebook 2.0 came mm-hmm. around. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone was like, this is the worst. Yeah. I'm leaving Facebook. And mm-hmm. then you did maybe it a slightly like better version that yeah. was completely <laughs> ill-informed. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, looking back at that, it's like a little bit of head in hand kind sure. of stuff, but it was just like, it was just controversial. Yeah. And you, honestly, I've always, I've always known 
Like I, that was why I was doing it. Right? Yeah, it's the I Jimmy riling it. method. Yeah, just rile people's rile people's jimmies. Yeah. You uh, like we've talked a little bit about like a little bit of the strategy even for this, like to get meta about it. But for our, the podcast that we're doing, do you have any like tastes in podcasts that you like and like things that are the things that you'd like to see just sort of from from this or? Hmm. I mean, there's a lot of I like um, Need Want. Marshall, who used to work for us, ended up going off and starting his own company. Uh, where they they kind of build their own products, mm-hmm. uh, so they have like this done all sorts of crazy stuff. But they own like a personal assistant app. They own like a bedding system for like oh, yeah, smart, smart bedding. bedding and uh, iPhone cases and a whole variety of businesses. But they've done a really interesting thing where they've totally open sourced their business basically and said, "Here's our numbers. This mm. is you know this is exactly what's going on at the company mm. uh, and sharing that stuff." And so I found that really interesting. In that same vein, there's one called Startup, which is by one of the guys from This American Life, Alex Bloomberg. And he basically, it's a startup about him going off, raising money, and starting his own startup. And so mm. every episode is him kind of giving really awkward pitches to investors and oh, yeah. embarrassing himself and all sorts <laughs> of good stuff. So I've been enjoying that. But uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I just... I, I listen to a whole wide variety of stuff. I could talk for like 20 minutes about podcasts. Do you, so uh, going back to the the awkward chats with investors. That's a real like deep end kind of thing that happens. I think when, when you, when you have to go to talk to somebody that's like, you're, you know, you're punching over your weight and you go and talk to somebody that you're like, we have to convince these people that we're like a bigger company than we are, that the resources that they're going to ask for while we're doing this project, we're going to have to go and hire after we get the contract. Do you, did you have, I mean, metal has gone through that a little bit, do we still go through that or is that? Um, well, yeah, I mean, like I used to, so when I was first starting out, you know, my voice would crack. I had acne all over my face. I would, you know, I was, I didn't ever want to go on the phone because I knew if I got on the phone, they would know I was like 19 and they would not want to do business with me. Yeah. And so it was always like, I'd show up at their office and they'd be shocked by how young I was, <laughs> but they've already hired me. Yeah. So they're screwed. <laughs> they signed a contract. Yeah. Um, but I got pretty used to, I mean, we've been in business for eight and a half years now, and uh, I've had to go in and pitch billionaires and CEOs right. and do all that stuff. And so I'm pretty comfortable now getting in front of pretty much anybody. But yeah. I've realized, like, they're all just people, right? Like, they're not like, I mean, some of them are scary. Yeah. You don't really want to work with them anyway. Right. right? There was Most a, of them are just people. There was a legend when I was getting hired, and this may be true, but that, like, the core management staff, like, went through courses on how to like talk to people um we did a like seminar on body language oh yeah to kind of figure out it was more just personal interest like i think it's interesting um but like we yeah we it was kind of like how to figure out if someone's really like feeling nervous or uncomfortable and for me it's always been okay how do i make sure that i'm not talking too much in a meeting or making you know saying i can like pick up that they didn't like when i said something and so mm. just tuning in a little better i, th- I think um, when you have those things in your mind and it's untrained that or it's unpracticed that each layer of consideration kind of puts a filter between your brain and your mouth and so the more you have to run it past the filter of like am I being considerate to everyone in the room? Is this considerate to my business interest? Yeah. Is this considerate to, uh, you know, the social concerns about this, this thing that we're doing that you end up speaking 
slowly and uncomfortably mm. because it has to it's really hard well, yeah, to you sort of read avoid. you read an article that's like oh people who talk slowly are confident like you hear right. barack obama talks like this and he mm. slowly says everything and it sounds so much more like impactful right when he talks but if you try and do that yourself he'll sound like a total idiot like i just yeah. did so um like i've gone through i feel like it's like playing golf or tennis i don't play golf i don't know why i said that tennis or you know whatever it is like we golf gu- guitar yeah it just becomes natural but you have to go through the process of being aware of it mm-hmm. so like with body language i i know that when I would go into like a client meeting or something with someone really important who I really wanted to impress, mm. I would start talking really fast, kind of like this, and you know we can help you. I would kind of lean over and feel, you know, you you show how nervous you are, and mm-hmm. so I've kind of learned to stop tapping my fingers, lean back, and open up, and all that stuff. And that's that stuff was helpful, yeah, for sure. But a lot of it is just I'm also just pretty good at that already, mm-hmm. so I'm okay. But it's not the sort of thing you just like pick up. What do you think your skill is? What do you think it like the thing is that makes you successful? Hustle. No, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was no. like freeze <laughs> frame, right. like yeah, thug yeah. music That's playing. A, yeah, the, the, uh, the thug life. Um, I, I th- like I've always said about you that I think the your ability uh, is to rally other people under your flag. I don't know. I, I personally beat myself up because I don't feel like I'm that good at that. Because I don't, mm. I am if I like, like it's hard. We have like 40, 40 people. We have two companies. Yeah. It's hard to like gather everyone around and be like, we are going to climb this mountain or whatever the hell the thing is. Um, for me, what I think I'm, I just got lucky that I'm pretty good at people and I'm pretty good at design. And so I kind of put those two together and I could actually do it. Because I think a lot of designers are like, quiet and introverted and they Mm. don't they don't like business they don't like dealing with people and so i got really lucky that i love business i love building stuff and i also love design and so because of that i was actually able to build a business there Mm -hmm. um but i don't know i mean lately it's more more business it's just kind of evolved over time Mm -hmm. do you feel like the i guess that's like when you look back you kind of see you see the path being being different than maybe you imagined it or or where you are being more as a like being a ceo of a company with 48 people um it's it's hard to to sort of imagine what your role is in that i'm i'm guessing totally it's completely different right it's like being the coach of a football team versus like a linebacker right? right totally different um i mean i used to when we, for the first, I mean, I'll just tell you, like the first year of the business, I would wake up, over the first three years actually, I would wake up in the morning, uh, well, in the afternoon, wake up at around 12, because <laughs> yeah. that's my weird schedule. And uh, I would do all my client phone calls, emails, run the business until six, have dinner with my girlfriend, maybe take a couple hours off. And then from like nine o'clock until five in the morning, I would design. So I was actually doing and doing the business as well at the same time. And now I can't really do that anymore. And so now it was like the evolution was going from that to then more kind of creative directing. Mm -hmm. So I'm still managing a design team and developers and stuff to now it's kind of like I'm running an organism, you know, and you Mm -hmm. have to kind of put the right pieces together, make sure people are happy and build all these functions. But it's a totally different thing. Mm -hmm. Being like a CEO is weird. Mm -hmm. One of the things that, uh, when I've talked to my friends that own small businesses, it's like one person running the business and they know 
you know, the passwords to all the computers. They know, um, you know, the guy that comes and cleans on the weekends. They know where to get the locks changed if they need to. They know every single little intimate detail about the business. And so the step of getting employee number one of the person that will help them is really excruciating because they can't trust anyone enough to, to know the domain as well as they do. And so I think probably when you're like getting to that point where you're like, I'm, I'm the only employee and now I need to hire somebody else to help me. You, you, you kind of have this very high bar for what somebody needs to do. You, you basically are trying to hire another you yeah, and you can't see that in anyone. And so sometimes you need to like, I think you need to go and hire the people that have the strengths that you don't have. Well, it's really it's really hard because you know, at least when you're starting to hire people, you usually suck at it, right? So I found that when I first started hiring designers, I would hire people who had personality issues or just couldn't deliver things on time or were flaky. Mm-hmm. And I had this weird feeling about it where you want to be liked by everyone, right? So you hire this, I would hire like a contractor or a designer or whatever, and if he didn't deliver it on time, I'd kind of go, well, like, I don't want to be a jerk boss. I want to yeah. be fun to work for. So it'd be a bit of a pushover. Right. And then when they messed up, I would actually step in and be like, well, I'll just fix it because yeah. it won't be perfect unless I do it. Yeah. And so you end up in this situation where you put out other people's fires all the time. And it's like, it's like with kids, if you don't let them fall down, they don't learn. Mm-hmm. And uh, over time, I figured out how to delegate and let people you know, first off, learned how to hire the right people and then mm-hmm. also learned how to let go a little bit, which is really freaking hard. And I know a lot of people who get stuck in phase one or phase two uh, and can't ever get out of that. Like they hire one employee, that employee is a fuck up. So they're like, I will never hire. I can't delegate. Yeah. It's over. It's going to be a company of one. Yeah. For perpetuity. I guess with that, you also have, you know, a shared vision with, with the people that you hire as well. Because totally. you, you want to hire people who are inspired and want to build things and want to do, do cool things. Yeah. No, absolutely. Okay, so thanks for joining us, Andrew. Of course. Yeah. It's fun. Um, if you if anyone has questions or anything they want to ping off Andrew, feel free to like comment on the on the podcast. We we can uh, pick his brain maybe in an, in a future sure. episode if you want to if you want to talk Should shop we, with him. We can set up an e- we, like we've got an email You guys talk to too, my right? people, we'll get you penciled in in the next year or so. Yeah, we'll it'll <laughs> get uh, you right in there. Right. We can yeah. also have people email us at podcast at getflow.com. Yeah, yeah. we can yeah. do that. Yeah, sweet. Great. If you want to, if you want to, any questions about uh, my health regime or <laughs> Jeremy's or Tim's resolutions, or uh, if you want a flow sticker, we can do that. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, we got some yeah. stickers. If someone emails us. I will personally hand deliver that. Wow, we're like yeah. a real yeah. podcast now. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. Cool. Uh, so uh, from Flow Radio and Andrew, Tim, Jeremy. Thanks for joining us. Didn't say your own name. I'm Ian. <laughs> Bye. Every, every time. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Hey, folks. Jeremy here. Uh, we were super excited to get Tim and Andrew in, but uh, we realized listening to the episode afterwards that uh, we got a little sidetracked and we didn't actually we didn't actually close out the story. We didn't even get to flow. So uh, we're gonna bring them in again, I think, uh, next time to to finish up the story. Uh, But for now, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, yeah, tune in soon for the exciting continuation.